0: Warning this podcast contains no journalistic integrity welcome to the gentleman's soapbox going to start off today as we usually do with a little bit of listener communication. Uh, apparently last cast Sean made the faux pas of suggesting that the government might have to find a way to pay for something. <laughs> um, now I had a couple of responses come back from a couple of different people who suggested the cons- that I look into uh, what they refer to as MMT, which is Modern Monetary Theory. Um, I did. I was aware of this ahead of time. Uh, I actually know somebody who is a economics professor, and it was a very friendly debate that uh, that I had with them about this, uh, being the fact that they are a little bit on the the woke side, which is obviously not where I the, the direction I tend to come from. Um, if you're not aware of modern monetary theory, if I, and I, I'm not 100% sure I'm going to explain this correctly, so if somebody wants to correct me, obviously send it a message and please do so, but it is for all intents and purposes, knocked down to its simplest form, the idea that the government uh, can pay for anything it wants, it can generate as much money as it wants, and that's the way the government should be able to work that any of these things as to how is the government going to pay for it? Well, the, the, the government can just spend as much money as they want. It doesn't matter if they have it or not. That's that's just the way this works. Um, it, it is a little bit more complicated than that, but that's the, 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 the very, very, very simple gist of it. And I will admit that this is something that grates against my credulity dramatically. And I'll throw out three very, very specific reasons. Reason number one. Inflation. We've already experienced just with uh, and I'll put it on both of them with uh, El Trumpo and Uncle Joe throwing trillions of dollars into the economy in which no one was actually earning anything at the time. And we have seen the seven and a half percent last time I think I saw a reading on it um, percent inflation that we are dealing with right now, which once again, if I'm reading it correctly, is the worst that we've had since Jimmy Carter. Which is, I'm going to assume, before a lot of you were born. Yeah. Uh, the other part about that is is that it does not take in any way, shape, or form into account the idea of international trade. That, especially since we got off the gold standard, thanks Nixon, um, that it, you know, our, the value of the dollar is basically in relation to what it can be traded for internationally. And if you just start spending them with and generating them without actually having any income, then its value decreases dramatically. And next thing you know, they're using the yen or the yen as the national as the international currency, not dollars. Uh, the last part about it is, is, and this one's kind of a personal one, and it's one I've never really heard anybody say, and along with the other two, the uh, economists that I know was not capable of giving me an answer to this one. And it's more of a, just a thing that just bothers the ever-loving shit out of me. If a government can spend as much money as they want without having to generate any money in any way, shape, or form, then what the fuck am I paying taxes for? funny that so uh that's my take on modern monetary theory um the economist that i had an opportunity to speak with about this i will admit is a community college professor not somebody from like harvard or yale or oxford or anything of that nature uh i have had more than one person suggest that i start reading things from different economists to see if i can get a better handle on the concept of modern monetary theory and i am going to be researching it but that's where I stand on that at the moment. Would you like to contribute to that, or do you want to move into our daily topic?
1: Well, I can contribute a small amount in that uh, largely I, I've i seen mon- modern monetary theory. I cannot talk today for some reason. Uh, I've seen it often. I've, I've noticed that normally uh, the people who suggest that that is – uh, what it is, and not the the learned ones like professors or, or ones who are actually are studying this as a theory, but most of them who who invoke that particular uh, system, I'll I'll call it, uh, normally are doing it saying, "Yeah, modern monet, uh, monetary theory says that we have all the money we need. And you don't have to worry about paying for anything," and that's normally the sentence that happens when anybody brings that up. Because if you go into a large conversation about how we're spending things, everybody's going to get mad Uh, because honestly, the way we're doing it now doesn't work. Uh, The way uh, MMT does it doesn't work at least in my opinion, it it wouldn't work because you you, you can't possibly, and your, your, your question is a good one. And like, okay, then why do I need, if they can generate everything they need, why do I need to pay for it? If they could just invent money and just print stuff and do whatever they want, I shouldn't have to pay into the system. They can just make money. Well, they can't do that because that's not how things actually work. Well, the The well, problem
0: is well, MMT can MMT go, actually relies to some extent on the idea that money is in and of itself fictional.
1: Right, and it the, and this is what I was about to say. In large part. To a certain extent, they're correct. You can play with that a lot and move the chains and and kind of change the rules a little bit with money because it's not on a hard standard anymore and because it's based on a global economy, a trade economy, a debt economy, a a you know an investment and market economy. It is largely based on how much everybody else has too, you know, like all these, all these factors. And yeah, to a certain extent, you can play with it. However, the, the, the way I liken it to is it's like, okay, we are going to start fire juggling in a lake of gasoline. (laughs) It is, it is not going to end pretty. You probably do it for a while and it's going to look amazing. And people are going to go, Oh my God, how are they doing that? until you drop the baton once and then it's bad uh, because the whole thing just goes up and I I just I, I I would love to pay for a lot of these things right now and uh, I just don't see it in our current system I just don't see how our current system would work but we're gonna talk a little bit more about that later
0: uh, and and the last thing I'll throw in this and and I would love to see that i'm wrong about this but something that my own you know little bits of investigation have have haven't borne fruit on this everybody that i have seen proposing modern monetary theory is either an academic or a politician i would love to see somebody who actually deals and works with money on a day-to-day basis Challenge this in some fashion form or the other. You know, I, I think I would have a little bit of an easier time even considering it if if there was a person who literally dealt with the economy on a day to day basis that would come up with this uh, that, that would defend this versus people who simply study it in a classroom with a calculator.
1: Well, that would be an interesting day. Uh, I haven't heard I haven't heard that either. Uh, And uh, I'm not saying
0: it doesn't exist. I'm saying I haven't found it yet.
1: I I didn't say it didn't. I just hadn't heard it. Uh, It's uh, at least not
0: somebody coming from that
1: aspect doing MMT. I just haven't seen it. But it doesn't mean it doesn't exist.
0: Well, to move on to our topic today, I am going to pose a question that has been rattling through my brain for the past week. And the question is, can we get... The politicians to stop acting like cartoon characters, the media to stop acting like uh, a bunch of elementary school kids on the playground going, -uh." and the business moguls in the in the world to stop acting like James Bond villains. And can they stop doing that long enough for the world not to come to an end? Because I have to admit that my ability to not be a conspiracy theorist has been challenged for the past week.
1: Well, there's a lot of a
0: uh, lot of roads
1: to that particular question um, all right well buckle in kids uh, I've got some ranting to do on that particular subject so the the short answer is no, but the <laughs>
0: the, oh, thank the, you. Cast over.
1: Yeah, cast over. But but here's the thing. I think we're seeing a lot of signs right now as to where everybody's heads at, and where they actually want to put the future of business and politics and and economics and and how we all are able to. To kind of get by in the world. Just, fantastic, just a fantastic example of where we're headed happened in Wisconsin this last week. And I looked at it and I remember sending this to Jake going, Well, you want to know the future? This is the future. Here's what happened. In Fox Valley, Wisconsin, uh, there are two hospitals. And correct me, or you know, uh uh, you can fast forward if you you you've heard about this story recently. Uh, now it's since been resolved, but it hasn't really, and I'll I'll tell you why. Uh, there was a hospital called Theta Care in Wisconsin, and Theta Care has a trauma unit, and that trauma unit had eleven people in it, and they were largely unhappy about their job and everything, and did what uh, the American Dream told them to do, and they looked for another job. They weren't happy. Fine. You can leave, okay? These are at-will workers, which means that there is no contract or non-compete upon them. They can be fired at any time, and they can leave at any time. This is the way at-will works. In the state of Wisconsin, uh, Wisconsin, they do have at-will and uh, employment, and that's what these people were under. And they found a hospital across the way, uh, just across town there, and uh, called uh, Ascension. And Ascension offered them a better deal: more money, better hours, better benefits, the whole the whole nine yards. And seven of their eleven trauma people uh, left or got jobs over at that other hospital. And what happened was, Theta Care, the hospital uh, who had the people leaving, sued them and the hospital and saying, you can't leave, we'll we'll be unduly hurt and people will die if you leave. So they sued them and asked the judge to grant an injunction to tell them that they cannot work for this other hospital. And long story short, the judge granted the motion and said that they must try and work this out so that you know, the hospital wasn't uh, injured and, and they could provide the level of care that they wanted to do. And and that lasted all of two days. Uh, the uh, when this whole shitstorm happened and and uh, everybody was like, "Uh, so you're saying that at will workers can't leave your hospital. No, no, no. We're not saying that, you know, that would be against the 13th Amendment saying that indentured servitude and slavery is wrong. No, 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 no. What we're saying is they can't work anywhere else. (laughs) They can't work for them Uh, because, you know, patients will die. And it's like, but they're not working for you because you can't force someone to work for you in indentured servitude. So they can't work over there. You know, there was a thing that they did to American sharecroppers back in the day that's saying, like, you can't you can work for us, but you can't go work anywhere else. You kind of trapped them there. And, you know, that's like what the 13th Amendment is like written for. And uh, so they they the judge lifted the ban. And the seven employees went about their merry way. Now there's still lawsuits going on, and it's still a mess and everything. But the, a lot of the firestorm is kind of calmed down because okay, the indignant, you know, uh, or the the righteous indignation that these people were being forced to work at a hospital. That's they weren't really being forced; they were just saying that they couldn't go over to the new hospital, which is also, by the way, illegal. Uh, you can't do that without some kind of contract or something. You know, these people are at will,
0: and and most labor attorneys will tell you that. A, if you can afford to defend yourself, that even if you have signed a non-compete clause, that they are very, very difficult to hold up.
1: Yeah, they're very enforced. Uh, now they're the, very hard to
0: enforce. The, what the, what the, how they're usually enforced is the fact of the person they're enforced against usually can't afford to defend themselves.
1: Right. Uh, and in this case, Ascension, uh, the hospital, was paying for the legal fees because they were like, uh, no, we need these people. Now, a couple of interesting little quirks that I thought I'd mention inside this, this whole happening here, one of which is the, uh, the ThetaCare was uh, basically alleging that Ascension poached these people from them and recruited them away from Theta Care, and that this was highly just egregious. And which, by the way, is not illegal. You're allowed to recruit. Uh, and if you can't find anybody just loose, you know, running around going, hey, I'm totally qualified for this really specialized thing you do, the American way is to go find somebody currently doing that and offer them a better deal.
0: There, there's actually an entire business based around that called headhunting. Headhunting, yeah.
1: And this is, this is a very common and very legal practice in the United States. Second, uh, they, even if that's what happened, Ascension, even if that's what happened, it's not illegal. Ascension claims, that's not actually what happened. What happened was we hired one person and they got such a good deal and all that stuff. And they went back to work as you would normally do and say, Hey, I got a great job over here. You guys should apply. They got openings, which is what you do. And they did, and they got jobs and they were, they were very happy to have them. point number three I'm pretty sure this is how it went down in ThetaCare. Now, first of all, ThetaCare is famous for um, once they were confronted with these seven people leaving, they did not counteroffer. In fact, they told them there would be no counteroffer because the short-term gain would not equal out on the long-term run. So they were not going to get any. So not only were they not – they offered to match. All seven people said, we'll stay if you match their deal. And ThetaCare wouldn't do it. So they found it cheaper to sue them. Point four, this is how I think it actually went down. And this happens a lot in companies, right? They thought they would lose one or two people. And when a company, any company, loses one or two, maybe three people out of an 11-person team, what do they do? Hey, everybody's going to have to work a little longer, wear some more hats, we're going to work this out. We're going to change up some scheduling. You're just going to be some more hours, but you get some overtime out of it. Just shut up and do the job. I think that's where they originally were when they were talking about the long-term, or, you know, the short-term gain doesn't pay out the long-term. But when they lost seven, it did two things. One, four people can't run what 11 people did. Two is... They're, they were about to lose their status as a level two trauma system or trauma hospital, which means less money for them. And they went, "Uh oh, and said, how, what can we do? And they found a sympathetic judge and whether he was sympathetic because he'd been paid or sympathetic because they, somebody gotten to him or they threw hookers through his bedroom window. I don't know. They found a sympathetic judge to put out to, to actually Put the injunction in place but once that happened it was immediately kicked back because it's not you you can't do that especially when it got media coverage but i I don't think that was actually the what their long-term goal was
0: it sounds like they were hoping that once again like we discussed with the non-compete that they were hoping that they wouldn't be able to go out and defend themselves
1: well, I, I don't think that was the uh, – they, they might have hoped that originally, but it was Ascension who took up the countersuit because they weren't suing the employees. They were suing the other hospital. Never mind. So, yeah. So the other hospital is the one who the, – the employees were just caught in the middle, and everything will be fine if you just come back, right? That's what ThetaCare was doing. But what – here's what I think the, the lawsuit was really about. It was intimidation. Don't leave, or we'll do this to you, too, and you will also be out of work and not be able to start your new job. That's really, I think, what – because it doesn't make sense in any other quotient. Like you could you can try and plug that math problem in, and it doesn't make any sense unless you consider that this really wasn't about those seven. Those seven got out. There's nothing they could do about that. As soon as the other hospital took the case or took, took the attorneys and said, okay, yeah, we're going to fight you, they knew they lost them. And they were going to lose their level two trauma center status. What they did is they went, how much is this going to cost us for other hospitals in the area now? Because everybody's going to be looking because they know where we pay the least. What can we do? And this is where I think the future of, of business is happening. What can we do to scare them into not looking? I know, will shadily imply, low-key imply, that we're going to sue them all so that they can't leave.
0: And I think that's a mark
1: of where business is headed.
0: And I think that's extraordinarily short-sighted on their pen. And I'm going to throw in one last little thing on this is, you know, we've been talking about allowing the market to figure out how to do a minimum wage, but if they continue to act like this, they're going to force the government to impose one on them versus letting the market decide what it's going to be able to do because this is this is what allowing the market to do what it's supposed to do. You're supposed to be able to say, hey, they're going to pay more over here, so we're going to go over here, and it creates that competition versus somebody having to come in and impose wages on them.
1: That's very true, and and it might be short-sighted. However, it's always worked for them in the living past. In the, in the recent to, to mid to even some long-term pa- uh, past decisions, this tactic of intimidation, which is what this was and it was their goal, uh, This this intimidation and the, well, that's the way it is, so suck it, type thing has always worked for them. It's always worked for them. And the times where it hasn't has been so minute and so small that why would they think anything different? Why would they? Why would they behave any different when it's just been a gravy train for the owners and the 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 sea level uh, bosses who who just can can do pretty much whatever they want and walk over whatever they want. Because they control most of the levers in the whole the, the whole machine, right? It, Which brings me you know
0: it, it, well, as much as we've talked about also how much I personally don't have any faith in them, this is also what a well-run union would prevent.
1: Yeah, and and I, I think that I do have unions the qualification
0: are a of well run.
1: Yeah, I think unions are a double-edged sword, however, they' are a necessary one. To be honest, uh, there they are one of the only protections that the American workforce has has really been able to get behind that can add collective bargaining leverage to a situation and go toe to toe with a company or a, a system or a, a field or, or anything else that that is that is. You know, uh, really kind of oppressing or keeping uh, through their own collective bargaining, keeping stuff low.
0: And and, and I, I know I said it twice already before, but I'm going to say it again because I think it's the important part.
1: Well run. Well yeah.
0: run, because we've talked about it before that it is very, very easy for the union itself to become bureaucratic and corporate enough to be just as bad as the corporation that they're trying to defend people against.
1: Yeah, now you got two people screwing you.
0: Right? One who says exactly. you're friend,
1: and the other one you know is not. So it's very difficult to do um, – you know there's there was the whole hostess failure a while back where they were just you know trying to do their best and they wound up just not doing it because the the union wouldn't move there's there's a, a lot of, of issues with that and and it's it's not sustainable the the what we have right now is not sustainable this wild inflation the Gifts that the government, in the nature of the Fed, and is is giving to these large corporations, I truly believe, and it leads me to kind of another point here. Uh, I truly believe a crash is coming, big one, like like 2008, like like that. Uh, houses are are out of control, uh, goods are out of control, cars are out of control, like. All of those things, the stuff we use to make our lives run, are are ramping up entirely. And and the if you want to look at any health, in, in my opinion, do you want to look at any of the health of a an economic system? Look at the real estate. If you look at the real estate, which is where people who are not billionaires or millionaires or anything build wealth. That's the that's the way the only way you and I really uh, any normal person can build wealth is is real estate, because it's the only thing you buy. that's worth anything.
0: Well, uh, hell, the idea of owning land has been a sign of wealth for a couple thousand years.
1: Absolutely. And if it's treated well and in a healthy system, you are able to purchase something and have it grow and it really becomes uh your your system of of passing down your wealth to the next generation right now uh if you look at countries like china china is seriously fucked okay i don't know if you've been following that evergrande is just a tip just just a tip uh just just the slightest tip of the iceberg on the destruction that is going to come down upon China right now uh, they they learned nothing from our 2008 crisis they not only doubled maybe tripled down on the real the bad idea real estate programs <laughs> that they did uh, they were buying second and third houses that weren't even houses they're just they're just I mean you've seen the stuff on ghost cities and everything and and it's just it's weird uh, they're headed for a crash so are we honestly and i truly believe that maybe maybe not this year but definitely next year we this the prices we have and and what we're heading towards is unsustainable and when it when you look around and go oh my god that's not going to work the first thing you'll see is is stuff like we saw in this january right where the market goes uh oh like, the Fed starts saying, yeah, we're going to stop printing free money, again, with your MMT. We're going to stop printing free money, so we're going to raise interest rates. And everybody started dumping things out of the market, right? Gold went up. You know, I mean, just like your everything started flipping and prepping for this crash. Now, well, right now, as this cast it, it, is it, recorded – Crypto just crashed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as this cast is recorded there's been some kind of ups and downs and stuff but january is largely mm, had sort of a problem for for, <laughs> for what's happened in the last you know uh, month now it's rallying right now in the last as i said as the last couple of days has been going on and as this cast is recorded is trying to rally but it's still it's just that first little tremor of an earthquake just that first little <laughs> You know, just it's it's it cannot sustain like this. And really, what's going to happen in my personal opinion is we're going to go through another crash, another recession, maybe even a depression. I mean, we the 2008, whether they want to call it a recession, you know, the great recession, it wasn't a recession. It was a damn depression. Okay, that's what it was. Now, we're a global market, so we recovered a little quicker. But no, no, that was a depression but uh, you know i don't want to sit here and and call doom and gloom like i always do because one of the questions i got this week was well yeah you're always calling you know doom and all that kind of stuff but how would you fix it and that's a complicated question uh but and i don't know if i'd have i mean i of course i don't have all the answers i mean nobody does however um i do have some ideas Uh, On what we can do to fix some of this. And, And really, I guess part of the thing for me is this is all allowable right now, and it rolls back up to our political elite, our ruling class. They're oh, the, the ones driving are, the
0: bus. And these are the ones that I suggested are acting like cartoon characters. Because if Absolutely. You, because if you took any of the, our political elites right now and put them into The Simpsons, Family Guy, South Park, American Dad, or any of those places, they would fit right in.
1: And and they're the ones really calling the shots and, and enabling this stuff to happen. Because if any one of us was in charge of this kind of thing, we go, well, that doesn't make any sense. This would crash the whole system yes yes it would and it's and they're doing it because they aren't going to crash we are that's how that works if you ever look at the the stock market or anything like that uh, when it just surges up it's really good for a few people and when it crashes it's bad for everybody except them so to the, uh, what I call the Davos class, you know, the, the Davos group and all that stuff. The the billionaire class and all these investors and, oh, the, and rich
0: people and stuff. The ones that I suggested are acting like bond villains. Yes, absolutely. Now, can, uh, the, can I interject to on something real quick here?
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: Which is the pure and simple fact is when those guys meet and turn around and, t- and, l- and report publicly that the Great Reset is going swimmingly, it's really <laughs> hard not to look around and go conspiracy theory i mean really they just came out and said it yeah (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) like when these people are happy and
0: uh, they 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 have no repercussions so they lose yeah the guy came out and started talking about wanting to do the great reset and everybody said okay it's a conspiracy theory fine but the guy then turns around and starts saying, A, it's going swimmingly," and then writes another book on how awesome it is. Yeah <laughs> And it's like come I'm on having guys. a really really you hard can't see. It. I'm having a really, really hard time not being a conspiracy theorist this week.
1: Nobody saw the signs. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's and the reason this is possible is because the, our political ruling class, and that's what they are. Don't fool yourself, that's what they are. Our political ruling class has written the rules for them because they were paid to or handed this stuff. We have we have a, a career politicians is the worst thing to ever happen to you, to the United States. It is it it's honestly it's what's killing us right now. Because you have rich people, and then you have the political people, and the rules don't apply to either one of those two groups. So what the hell do they care what we think or what we want? They don't, and they've proven that time and time again. So uh, when asked, like, okay, smart ass, how would you fix it? Well, there's a couple of things I would do, and I'm not saying this is the end-all be-all of, of lists of rules or what we should do or, or you know, this will fix everything. But it will kind of even the playing field and allow us to start fixing because we didn't get into this overnight. we ain't going to fix it overnight either. However, there is a list of stuff that I came up with. And this is going to be like you think, (laughs) Jake, if you think we got emails before, just wait.
0: Oh, no, no, this is what we're hoping for. Come on, let let the hate <laughs> let the hate mail begin. Spit it out. I'm ready. I it,
1: have eight uh, simple lists, or eight hey, simple hey, things. At,
0: at least we didn't have to go through my suggestion at another podcast for how we were going to come up with this from you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, well, the, the guys will probably want to do that, too.
0: Okay, However, I'm ready.
1: Number one, limit congressional terms.
0: I, I uh, think that's one that a lot of people can get behind, though. Except, I, I think except well, some pe- of these
1: are going to be very important, well, very, uh, very popular, and some of these are not. L- but
0: l- l- let me rephrase. I think those of us in the regular world are going to be okay with that one. I think the people who actually get to vote on that are not going to.
1: Well, and that's the thing. Like we're going to have to, and there's this. This is not in order, but one is we have to limit congressional terms. To uh, fix gerrymandering of districts and create a separate entity that draws those districts, because right now what they do is you've got the old guard in there and they just draw districts to make sure that they keep getting elected. Let's fix that. Uh, number three, service to Congress, and this is this is. This is the one that they're uh, people are going to flip out of it. Service to Congress will be like jury duty, selected, a pool, selected from a pool of citizens that qualify.
0: Oh, I got Congress this month?
1: Yeah, exactly. I got Congress this year? Oh, you're shitting me. Well, I don't want to do that. Oh, you got to go. <laughs> right? It just like uh, – just like we pull jury duty from every time you renew your driver's license, you know, like it would be pulled from a pool of citizens that qualify for Congress. And I don't know what that qualifications would be, but you, you it's not – you can only serve at a certain – like limit the terms, and then it's compulsory, okay? Like you can serve for a time or two, and then you can't be picked again for a little while. Like same as jury duty, right? When was the last time you heard anybody excited about jury duty? Nobody, ever. Because it's a civil service. It's a service to your country. And it's a pain in the ass to do it right. <laughs> Congress, as far as I can work out, is a goddamn party. <laughs> Party's over. <laughs> Kick them out. Um, number four this is the part where it's going to get ready for the flame war. Only U.S. citizens can vote. And yes, you how must have an ID. Dare you? You must have an ID, and your auto register. Make them an auto register. You, you racist motherfucker! How can you say
0: something of that nature?
1: You know, it's weird because they do it in every other country. If you're British, you can't vote in France.
0: Okay, <laughs> it doesn't matter if you move there. They don't want well, you. To... <laughs> See, see, and, and here's the part that's going to get you in trouble, is you're adding something, two things into the system that if you add into the system the way it stands right now, it is going to fail. And the two things that you're adding in are logic and common sense. And the thing that you're taking out of the system, which once again would make it crash at this point, is emotion.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and that's uh, we can't do that. Uh, but, yeah, look, you want to be here? Great. You want to earn a living here? Great. I have no problem with that. My people were immigrants too. If you were born here, great. You want to vote? Great. You don't want to vote and you were born here? Great. But if you want to vote, I think, one, A, you should be on the grid, be a citizen, and pay taxes like the fucking rest of us. Both of those things have to be true if you want to vote. That's not complex, it's not hard. And I'm not trying to exclude anybody or take a dream away from anybody, but if you want to if you want to be here and have a job and do all that kind of stuff, great. I don't care if you're a citizen or not. That doesn't bother me. You want to vote in the way that the rules are done? Freaking get a card. And by the way, and this is another part that's going to piss people off, rework whatever the hell naturalization system that we have going on so that people can actually get uh, – uh, uh, U.S. citizen status in some kind of timely and reasonable fashion, instead of, oh yeah, well it's going to be seven years or two years or whatever it is. Dude,
0: like they uh, really, they 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 ought to take whatever they did on Ellis Island in New York City and put it in El Paso, Texas, right now, oh and just God. let people come through legally. Let them all come through. I don't care. Let but them come through. through
1: Get be your paperwork. Be a exactly. part of the yeah,
0: exactly. Be a part of the
1: process. Pay your taxes like the rest. you do and vote the fucking assholes down. I don't care. I don't care that they're here. Great. But more the merrier. Come on through. Pay like everybody else and register like everybody else. That's 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 all I'm saying. Our system is, and I'm not saying that these people are are doing this just because they're they're you know deviant criminals or something like that. I know our system's fucked. Let's fix that. Um, number five, and this, <laughs> this is not only going to piss off the, the elites, um, overhaul lobby laws so that politicians can't take jobs or come from lobbying companies. So, you know, like, uh, the guy who works at Exxon should not be in charge of the oil, uh, laws and, and the, the, you know, oil regulations in, the United States and vice versa. Like a guy who's in office right now doing lobby law or, you know, doing uh, uh, oil law or, or whatever it is, export law or something like that, can't go to one of these companies he's lobbying for. No. No. Take away the reward system for that. No. Uh, number, And you wouldn't believe how much that happens, by the way. Uh, number oh, oh, six.
0: Oh, I, I'd believe it. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to convince me on that one.
1: Uh, number six, and this one's a little bit—we're starting to get weird. Uh, campaign budgets are regulated by a separate entity with no capital from corporate, private, or special interest
0: contributions. So, oh, whoa, whoa, uh, Pete, Pete um, Mayor Pete just put out a contract on your ass.
1: Oh yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, like, okay, everybody gets the same amount, and that same amount is funded by taxes. Everybody get—if you're running for an office. Okay, you get this much. That's all you get. And that's all you're allowed to spend on it. Everybody should get the same shot. Um, that's That would just, like, there's no way they'd vote that in. Um, but
0: the, one the, of the things the, you could do... There is no possible way that one would ever, ever occur.
1: Well, it, the, one of the other things you could do is citizens get a vote credit. And you could designate it towards... So you get... I don't know, 50 bucks or 100 bucks or something like that of vote credit. And you could designate it towards the the candidates that you wanted. So instead of going to these corporations and whoring themselves out, come to the people and whore themselves out, right? Be popular by the people, uh, which leads into number eight, which well, is...
0: Uh, well, let me let me tell you, because as as wonderful as an idea as that is, that would involve a lot of people with a lot of money and a lot of power being willing to say... Fuck it. We're not going to have that anymore.
1: Well, and here's the thing, okay? Uh, I'll get to that in a second. (laughs) Number eight is make it more advantageous for Congress to vote for the will of their districts instead of the will of the people who got them there. Uh, But if you did number seven, you wouldn't have to worry about that as much. However, here's the thing. You know, you may think, but but wait a minute,
0: people, you know, we've gone completely in the opposite direction on that one because people are literally villainized for doing that versus just going with the party line. Exactly. And that's, that's why I think
1: like you need to solve this corruption, right? The, the corruption is from the inside. Now, personally, this would only get us, uh, uh, and it would take a while to to get so – because there's no way the government would voluntarily give up this power, right? Because what we're basically doing, if we instituted all that, we would basically be removing the political elite class. That's what we'd be doing. It would re- really be a coup.
0: But then Hillary wouldn't get to run again.
1: I know. It's, and proud we are of 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 hillary you know uh, it's oh, you. no 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 now you can go fuck yourself <laughs> however here's the thing you may think a lot of this is crazy and there's certain groups out there that are trying to get some of this done already uh if you go out to um oh god who is it uh represent us uh, they're trying to do the gerrymandering and the uh anti tampering and the uh, vote credit stuff and contribution limits and stuff like. That. They're trying to do some of those laws or some of those things already, and their their point or their strategy is to to have it done by state. Uh, so, like uh, uh, and and I guess their point. I don't. I'm not necessarily sure I agree with it, but their point is that if every state ratifies something and just says we're going to do this, then it happens. And in large part, they're right. I mean, uh, look at uh, gay marriage, for instance. You know, states just started rolling through, saying, "Yep, gay marriage is legal in this state, this state, this state," and it just kind of rolled through until the, till it hit national level and congressionally, they said, "Well, I guess gay marriage is legal, right?" Uh, they did the same thing with you know a lot some some different topics and everything. I'm not sure if this would work here, uh, but the the gerrymandering and anti-corruption stuff and and some of that, it could work. and they're they're actively worried. there's programs and groups actively working towards this. I think you could actually fix some of the problems by removing career politicians. Honestly, make it, make it compulsory and, and don't just say, all right, well, you're a Supreme Court justice now, or you're running for attorney general. Okay. Well, obviously, you know, if you're a mechanic, you're probably not going to run for attorney general, but,
0: well, but, but even then take, take, uh, take in and just alter that a, a tad. You have people who are in elected office who are, as you said, jury dutyed into that. But that being said, then you start start taking people like the secretaries of this, that and the other who then you're at least would hope would be experts of some fashion or form or the other.
1: Well, yeah, like if you wanted to be appointed as a judge, do you have a, a license to practice law? You know, it you know, maybe, you know, maybe our our. In order to run for president, you have to have shown that you can run a city or a state without burning it to the ground. So anyone from Portland's out, you know, (laughs) like. (laughs) I mean, maybe.
0: (laughs) Sorry, I didn't mean to hit you that hard.
1: (laughs) But I mean, you you get my point, you know, like. Like, if you want to be a pres, if you want to be on the on the ticket for a president and and maybe you know get the primary or something like that, have you run a? Do you, have you been a governor? Have you been a mayor? Has your is your city or state better off under your administration than it was before you got there? Um, okay. That,
0: that, that's – th- I understand very much where you're coming from and I don't disagree with any of the things that you that you're suggesting.
1: Yeah, uh, but your cynicism's kicking in. I can feel it.
0: Oh, here. no, it is it is totally <laughs> kicking in because I because th- I don't see any of these things ever being successful. And the reason why is because you're saying, have you ever run something successfully? And you've got Joe Biden up there right now swearing that he's been successful. He had Tom Hanks narrate the fact that he was successful.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and and this is the thing, right? This is – if you want my ideas, those are their ideas. Do you – what do I think would work? That's a very different list. Most of it comes – ends with burn it down. (laughs) Well
0: (sighs) – Look, this is going to somewhat take a step away from that, but even but it's, it really has a lot to do with it just because it, it it's a very, very explanatory as to where we are right now. Take a look at what's going on in the Ukraine. You've got the Russians on the border of the Ukraine and the Ukraine looking around going, eh, OK, and we are losing our ever loving fucking minds. Joe Biden's threatening war and all of this shit. And the Ukrainians are over there going, dude, shut the fuck up please.
1: You know what that is? Uh, that's just a red herring. The, the warmongers want their war back. That's all that is. They, well, they means, got their war taken away from them, but then, and now but they that, want their war
0: back. But that then goes back into the whole thing with you, you know me looking around and going, holy shit, the world's full of Bond villains now. Is because you look yeah. at the, some of these things in which the you, you talked about the Chinese economy having an issue. You talk about our economy having an issue. Uh, it, if you look at a lot of these things, it, and it's actually not a very good way to look at it, but people do and think that war is a good way out of these financial issues. It's not. It's but, not. Okay. But, <laughs> it's, you know, and then, and then here comes the other part is you, you start looking at the things that are going on with NATO at the moment. And, you, you know, everybody's looking around going, looking at um, a lot of different things going and trying to compare to the beginning of World War II. And I think they're looking in the wrong direction. This is much, much more the, the beginning of World War I. Some idiot's going to make a mistake on the Ukrainian border and shoot the wrong person, and the whole world's going to fucking explode. The difference is, is the fact that we now have weapons that will literally wipe out the entire human population of the, of the world.
1: Look, if that happens, you won't know it anyway. You'll just see a flash. Hell, It'll sp- be
0: fine. Hell, I spend so much time in D.C. If they, if they start lobbing bombs, I'm gone. You, got yeah, 50, you, got you a, won't know anyway. You got a 50-50 shot that I'm sitting in D.C. the day that D.C. blows up.
1: You will be a a literal shadow on the sidewalk. It'll be fine, all right? You won't feel a thing, okay? If that sets off, you don't have to worry. It's. I mean, this is. Uh, it's sort of like having a stroke, okay? A stroke can kill you, and that's bad. But what if the stroke doesn't kill you? That's even worse.
0: <laughs> well, if it doesn't kill me, I'm heading towards the bunker that's underneath your property. And No, that's what I'm
1: saying. Like, if a stroke kills you, oh, my God, he had a horrible stroke and everything. If the stroke doesn't kill you, oh, my God, now he's walking funny and he can't talk right and his whole left side doesn't work. Like, it's way worse if it doesn't kill you. Like, if, if we have another World War Three and it's – or we go into World War Three and it's not nuclear, then it's worse than the nuclear one for active lifespan like if we nuke ourselves and all that kind of stuff look nature will survive okay little you know 10 15 50, years from now it's back only ants rule everything now it's fine okay cockroaches and twinkies right uh, whatever but if we just have a conventional world war three it's way worse it's way worse because uh, now we have to live through it and suffer, okay? It's 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 really weird the, the way we have it now, right? Because if we just nuke the whole planet, none of us are going to be allowed to talk about it anyway. If we have like one of those World War One, World War II things where it's just this conventional war and all of us are back in it again – like, we've learned nothing again, and and what is it uh, okay. that was... Okay,
0: the fact that you've suggested that we would actually learn anything when it comes to this shit it has my cynicism button going off in ways that I can't even imagine.
1: Yeah, I know, and it's and largely, uh, we've proven we can't handle it, and we don't know what we're doing, but what's, what's worrying to me is that you have a group of political and rich elites who don't care if the world burns because it won't affect them, and that's really the cause. You can, you can dice it any way you want to, but that's really what we're talking about here, the people pulling the levers, paying for it, and, and living their best lives on Instagram, uh, metaphorically speaking are are the ones who this won't affect at all i mean well, if we go to war it's great for industry if we go to war it's great for politicians
0: and no, It's great for them obviously you're not the only one who feels this way because did, did you watch the movie don't look up on netflix yeah and you saw how it, it ended with the only people yeah, she... they say women if, if you looked at who, who got off of that they rich created, people old rich people they weren't yeah. even going to be able to create a new society. There was no one there left who was old enough to actually breed.
1: Yeah, but the dinosaurs ate them. It's exactly. fine. <laughs> It's fine.
0: But I was sitting there looking at it going, holy shit, that's who would be there. Yeah. Old rich people. Old rich people.
1: This uh, Look, a, a new war and all these things and inflation and a Great Depression and, and all those kind of things, these are great for the political elite and rich people that's that's who this is for okay because this will not
0: affect them and and i go back to that which i am trying to desperately to ignore which is a bunch of rich people talking about this great reset
1: yeah it's uh i mean i'm I'm they're trying
0: i'm trying really hard to ignore it i want really hard just to go that's my conspiracy theory button it's 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 cool but except that
1: it's actually happening exactly look if you get nothing else, if, if people listening to this get nothing else from this cast, all right, nothing. And this is this is one of the things that I I agreed to do this for. If you get nothing else from us, what I want you to do is look around and look with clear eyes, and I know that's a lot to ask, but look with clear eyes and look at the root, follow it up. Don't listen to the media, okay? Don't listen to, to what you've read, or look. Look at who benefits. That's always what they do when they teach you to, to solve crime in detective school. What they do is to teach you who would benefit from this. Who benefits from this murder? And you could normally trace it up pretty easily. Follow if the you money? look – yeah. well, look at who this benefits. Who does war benefit? Who does everything stay in the same Benefit. Who does the great reset benefit if that's a thing that you believe in? Who does this, who's not affected by this because it isn't the people in general. There's groups that this doesn't affect. Who is that? Why are they pushing that? Because it doesn't matter for them. You go look, take an honest look and see who it affects and who it doesn't. And you'll come to some very interesting conclusions because What we've done is design a system that has no effect on the people who are making the rules. Zero effect. We can't even get rid of them. And what they've done is they've given us sort of like the matrix, the illusion of choice. Oh, well, of course. I mean, you don't like this guy? Don't vote in a Republican. Oh, you don't like a Republican? Vote in a
0: Democrat. And that's actually one that, and this is why I got into this podcast, and you've heard me say it before, and this is the one that I think that individually, if we do this, we have a chance. And it's something that everybody can do. Find somebody you disagree with and have a conversation with them. Not an argument, a conversation. Listen to what they have to say. I heard something said, and it was a conversation between a Jewish woman and an imam talking about anti-Semitism. And the statement that was made, which was very, very profound, it is the one thing that kind of gave me a little bit of hope, was the statement of, I don't have to agree with you, I just have to try and understand you. And if we, it, it, pick somebody, I don't care who it is, it's just somebody who you know has an opinion that you disagree with and ask them to explain it to you you don't have to agree with them just try and understand them and understand where it comes from if we start doing that and i know that one's also a tall order to ask but it's the one thing i think is actually possible it's one of the reasons why i jokingly say please send us hate mail because i want to hear from people who disagree with me and i want to hear why not going to agree with you necessarily, but I want to hear where you're coming from.
1: I, I and and we both agreed on this because this is this is a core point, and I'll leave I'll leave you with this. This is uh, this is the reason why we're in this situation, and I truly believe this. The reason you have all of the the uh, elite media. And, and the reason why they're spewing the things they do is because we are really easy to manipulate when we don't stand together. When we're divided and we have all this this argument and this divisiveness and, and all of this, this pain that we're, we're heaping on each other and we've, we've broken and splintered and or we're all tribal and just pointing and screaming at each other, again, ask, who does it benefit? because we've proven in history time and time and time again that if we march together and we we are unified on anything that thing happens good or bad that thing happens so who does it benefit to have us clawing each other's eyes out and screaming at the top of our voice at our neighbors at our at people who are different of us or you know any uh, differences we're we're screaming at them on social media during with elite media, just whatever. Who does that benefit? Because it ain't us. That's what I want you to think about.
0: Well, let's go to something a little bit more joyous then, and we, let's go for our media recommendations of the week. <laughs> I actually have a happy recommendation. Yeah, actually, so do I. So do, do you want to go first or? I'll go first. Yeah, go it's
1: first. it's great. After I've been dooming and glooming for the last couple of uh, minutes here, but uh, no, I I watched this the other day and I I was in a bad mood. Uh, I just had to pay some taxes I didn't want to pay, uh, and so I was uh, I was searching around for something to watch, and I watched Ghostbusters Afterlife.
0: Have you seen that? I, I have. I had complaints, but it wasn't by any means a bad movie. It was definitely entertaining. It just wasn't what I was hoping for.
1: It was exactly what I was hoping for. I was very pleased with the the entire tone. I love that um, you know they got Harold Ramis in it, even though he had passed away by that time. Um, I do love the story that that uh, Bill Murray and Harold Ramis kind of made peace with each other before Harold Ramis passed away, um, and uh, nobody to this day, and Bill ain't talking, uh, knows why they they came to uh, uh, have conflict or whatever it is. But I love that it. it it they fixed it, and and uh, this movie was, I mean they they brought back a whole bunch of cool stuff, and it was just enjoy it was a popcorn movie. It was enjoyable to watch, and I loved seeing it.
0: I. I think I can actually bring my complaint to the storyline into one very simple concept. I know it would have altered how they did the story, but I think there's one one problem. As much as I don't like the place, Ghostbusters is a Manhattan story.
1: (laughs) Well, it was and I do like the way they excuse me, they got it out of Manhattan. I do like the way they did that. Um and I do know why they did that by the way. Um they couldn't film in New York because New York was closed. Oh, it no, was no. originally
0: I, set I, in I, New York. I understand that completely. I think that was uh, it just didn't and that's why I'm saying is I don't I, I don't want not uh, English. I'm not saying I didn't enjoy the movie. I did. It was a nice fine as you said popcorn movie. It just didn't feel like Ghostbusters to me. <laughs>
1: You know, it did because of the, the baddie they brought back and, and the whole the whole thing, and, and uh, it felt very human to me because it's, it's like uh, when they had Ray on the phone, and I won't give away too much here. When they had Ray on the phone explaining to the little girl what happened, people drift in and out of your life all the time. That's, that's kind of what happens, and some people who you thought you were friends or you were close to or something like that or, or that you did a project with or had a business with or whatever it is sometimes things don't work out right and and through whatever happens it it became bad for a time and sometimes you know even though you wish they didn't son of a bitch dies before you can take it back or before you can make peace or before you can can sort out whatever it was because of pride or because of whatever it is and they just they just did it so well in this movie that that and and how they fixed it and how it was uh, uh, for the the people around them. I just thought it was fantastically done. It was uh, The Ghostbusters was one of those movies that probably shouldn't have ever happened anyway. It was probably supposed to be a B movie and they didn't know what they were doing when they did the first thing anyway. And then it turned into this thing because of the characters and because it was human. And I think uh, partially you're right because it it embodied a certain point, like New York. It was very New York, and you're right, it was. However, I think the characters kind of transcend that for me, and it was it was just a fun movie to watch.
0: I can't argue that. <laughs> All right, so what's your pick? Okay, mine is a novel that I I actually had read before, or more specifically listened to before but just picked up again because i couldn't find anything else and i decided that this is something that everybody should honestly read or listen to just because it is it's interesting and it's fun and it is the book hail mary project hail mary from andy weir who wrote the martian and if you are someone who Liked the idea of when Matt Damon said, I am going to have to science the shit out of this. Liked the <laughs> idea of someone just taking applied knowledge and figuring shit out. This is another, this is another story of that nature for you. Uh, basic premise of the story, a guy wakes up on a spaceship. Now, we're not talking like Star Trek spaceship. We're talking something that seems like a... Hobbled together, slightly more advanced Apollo-type spaceship. Cannot remember how he got there. Cannot remember why he's there. and Doesn't know where he is and has to figure it all out. Oh, and, I'd be dead. <laughs> I'd be
1: dead. I wouldn't make it through that.
0: Obviously, as the story goes on, he gets little bits and pieces of his memory back, and you start to. And so, part of the story is what's going on with him in the ship. And part of the story is flashbacks to how he got there. And as time goes on, as he figures out more and more and more as to why he's there and what's going on, it, and obviously the story gets a whole lot more complicated. And even how he got there ends up being very complicated. And once again, he has to take his scientific knowledge and work out how to fix why he's there. and 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 anything more than that i will give away some of the twists and turns i would just say that if you did if you either saw the movie the martian or read the book the martian you will enjoy the hell out of this story it's got a lot of it's got a lot of heart to it it's got a lot of it's it's got a little bit it's a little bit more of a suspension of disbelief in a couple of different ways but that being said a lot of heart a lot of fun wonderful main character um, wonderful side characters. It's just a great story.
1: You know that reminds me in, in very two things actually. Uh, the the whole don't know how woke up, don't know how you got here. Uh, dark matter. Uh, from the the sci-fi show was a lot like that. They just wake up on the ship and they don't know what's going. Now they don't use science to to do anything. They just they're they're they wind up finding out they're fugitives and and. <laughs> And why they're running and why they got their memories wiped and, and stuff like that, like seasons later um, was really good. And the other one was uh, a book by Randy Darren, actually a series by Randy Darren called Remnant, uh, where he wakes up and he's got to he's got to learn how to be a farmer. And uh, in this kind of uh, magical diseased land and uh, he has clues left by himself in short little five second audio clips uh, and his name is Steve, and uh,
0: he calls the other version of himself Shitty Steve.
1: Shitty Steve, I swear to Shitty Steve, you know, because he every time he gets a message from Shitty Steve, it's just horrible. It's it just makes his life so much harder, and he's like, God, I'm I'm not gonna call him Future Steve or Past Steve. We're gonna call him Shitty Steve. I say that all the time. I swear to Shitty Steve, because <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, like Past Sean gets me in trouble all the time, and I'm like, I swear to Shitty Sean because it's because it's like he did it to himself right? he just had no choice and when he finally understands shitty Steve he's like all right shitty Steve did me a solid you know it'd be all right but uh it, it's good series as well but no I'll have to check that one out because I love those like wake up with amnesia stories you know like I okay here work go bang now figure it out right because I would never be good at that The. Uh, <laughs> like,
0: they, they this is very, it's it's very, very remnant of the Martian with a little bit more science fiction added into it.
1: Mars will bow to my botany powers.
0: It's it's a lot of that sort of thing. Uh, of, uh, <laughs> here, here I am, I have a lot of very generalized scientific knowledge, uh, and I've got to figure out via mathematical equations how to do certain things. Like, you know, l- little things like I'm in zero G and I need to calculate mass. How do I do that?
1: I'd be screwed. <laughs> That's all I'm saying.
0: Well, it, 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 and it ends up being even something funny because he he goes through this entire process of mathematically figuring out, using, you know, fulcrums and stuff of this nature, the mass of this lump of something. And then all of a sudden, once he realizes that somebody has given him the information of what it is, he went, shit, all I needed was a calculator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So, so it's that kind of thing it's got a decent amount of humor to it it's got a decent amount of uh, you know once it, it, we talked about the expanse if you like science and your science fiction there's a lot of that um it, it, as i said the story itself has a decent amount of heart to it uh it's got a few crushing moments uh, uh oh the other part I've, i left out was he he is alone on the ship but he's it's not because he was the only person who was ever put on the ship he wakes up with two dead bodies next to him. Fantastic!
1: It's exactly. Like a night in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, dead strippers again!
0: <laughs> but I I can't recommend it enough. It's an excellent story. Right on. Uh, anything else for you?
1: Oh God, no! I think I pissed off enough people today.
0: Oh. <laughs> well, Uh, then hopefully the world will still be here next week. And if it is, we'll be back.